You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: the roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. doing well and let's hope we have a better week than we had last week in the world of sports i am very excited for my guest coming up today i think you're going to really enjoy today's show which is brought to you by new works plumbing of sacramento for your plumbing needs and repairs and remember new works is available to you around the clock 24 7 just go to newworksplumbing.com they've got a fix for you again folks for all of your plumbing needs and repairs and around the clock service new works plumbing N-E-W-W-R-X-Plumbing.com. Be sure and check out my video rants over on YouTube. And hey, if you have not checked me out on Listen App, weekdays afternoon, 3 o'clock Pacific, do so. Just like a radio show, I've been getting a lot of good calls. You can join me weekday afternoons at 3 o'clock Pacific. My guest, really one of the most recognizable voices and figures in the world of sportscasting for many years, the NFL on Fox, Major League Baseball, college football, college basketball, and then in August of 2020, it came crashing down when over a hot mic doing a Cincinnati Reds game, he uttered an anti-gay slur. And we're going to discuss that and a lot more today, a guy that I have had a lot of respect for over the years. It is a pleasure to welcome to the podcast, Tom Brenneman. Tom, how are you? Grant, I'm doing great. And it's a pleasure to talk to you because, uh, you know, I know we're going to get into some of this stuff here coming up in a few minutes. But, uh, you know, look, what happened to me happened to me, and I'm the one who dug my own grave. Your situation is just one that, uh, and I've told anybody that'll listen, I, I for the life of me, I just don't understand it. I don't get it. I don't understand uh, where we live in a world where, uh, you know, what you said should be harmful to anybody. What I said can be harmful to a lot of people and is. But what you said is just, I'm so sorry it's happened to you too. Well, I'm really happy that you said that uh, because I've been really bewildered over the last uh, year and a half. And we'll get into a little bit of me in a bit, but I really wanted to ask you what you've gone through over the last 15 months since August of 2020. What's been the most difficult aspect of all of this for you? You know, when you say this, Grant, you know, there are a lot of people that immediately will will turn around and say, well, yeah, but you still said this. I'm not a homophobe in any form or fashion. I never have been. I never will be when this whole thing started. Um, and literally within hours, uh, the night that I, uh, 
uh, use that term, and it's a horrible word. It's a word that uh, that nobody should be using, and 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 I should should not be using it, and I and I regret it, and I'm sorry for it. There's nothing I can do about it now except try to to right my wrong in different ways, and, and we can get into that later too. But it, it's just that you know I got a phone call from a, a guy that I went to high school with, and even in high school, I think we all knew there was a good chance that he was probably gay. Um, and he's gone on to become this incredibly successful guy named Scott Seoman out in Los Angeles. And he, he created basically a niche about 25, 30 years ago where uh, any Hollywood scripts or television scripts that were written uh, that had to do with gay characters, he would sort of read through all of it and, and make recommendations and suggestions to them about, man, maybe this is accurate, maybe that's a little off. And, and he's a very, very powerful guy. Nonetheless, he's a beautiful guy. And he's a friend of mine from high school. He called me within hours after it was over. He said, do you remember what happened uh, that night at the Anderson-Turpin football game? Anderson is when I, where I went to high school, and Turpin was our big rival. Uh, and I said, no, I have no idea what you're talking about. He, he said, you know, some guys at Turpin were, were yelling that same word that you used, were yelling that word at me walking through the stands. I was not on the football team. And he said, you basically told those guys to shut up and leave them alone. He said, I've never forgotten that day, and that was 40 years ago. Wow. And, uh, and I'm not a homophobe. I'm not in any form or fashion a homophobe. And, and no matter what I do, there's going to be a certain number of people out there that are going to say that's impossible to believe, and, and there's really nothing I can do to change your mind. One thing that I experienced, and I know Drew Brees experienced it because uh, after I lost my career, it was two days later that Drew Brees talked about the American flag and his belief of standing for the national anthem. And he made an apology, and he was destroyed for his apology. And for a while, I was communicating with a firm in New York, and they told me, they go, hey, don't apologize. The worst thing you can do is apologize because it's actually going to make it worse. And I, I've always been one like, hey, when I do something wrong, if I do something, if I make a mistake, if I say something on the air, whatever the case may be, or in, in private life, I've never had a problem with apologizing, and I think we should. I was really bothered by how much criticism you received for the on-air apology you made. I thought it was heartfelt i thought it came through that way did that bother you how much criticism yeah. you received yeah. from going on the air and making such a heartfelt apology it, it did but you know grant I, I was able to just let it go because i mean you know you realize when you go through any number of things and look there there are people and children and animals for that matter in this world to feel bad for tom brenneman's not one of them i'm not one of those guys to feel bad for um I created the situation, and I'm the one that's got to live with it. Don't feel bad about for me. But, yes, uh, when, when you're going through in that moment in time and you're live on television, there is a game going on which you're also trying to announce uh, because that's why you're there. Mm -hmm. um, and all of these things are going through your mind, uh, including – you know, there's a real good chance that after you apologize, you know, you might never work in that, um, the, the baseball world, the NFL world, the basketball world, whatever it might be. You might never have a chance to do something that you've only known how to do for 35 years. And so, you know, I'm apologizing and it's heartfelt, it's sincere, I meant it. Um, and then, you know, uh, one of the Reds players, Nick Castellanos, hits a home run. Uh, I called the home run in the middle of the apology. Now that's blown up into this whole thing that's taken on an entire life of its own. I've never met Nick Castellano's wife. Uh, but, you know, she, she came out and, 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 and has made the point, you know, enough. 
you know, enough. This guy lost his career during that home run. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't know me anything. I mean, she might think that I'm the worst guy in the world. I have no idea. But, you know, it was just when people criticize what I said, that's fine. I get it. But, but for people to criticize a sincere apology when everything that was going on in, in my quote-unquote world at that point in time, and it was the best I could do. And, I, and once, you, once you hear people, Grant, um, start uh, uh, criticizing your apology, that's when mm. you know that, um, that, that there is a lot wrong uh, with a lot of people. Not just me, and I got a lot wrong with me. There's a lot wrong in this world. I've learned a lot over the last uh, 15 or 16 months, but the one thing that I now know, I know who my true friends in life are. Uh, MLK said, in the end, we will not remember the words of our enemies, but the silence of our friends. Did you experience any of that? Oh, yeah. Well, there's no question. You know, I think you find out truly, like you just said, who your friends are. And you know what, uh, in a lot of ways, which I think is a good thing, I think it's an enlightening thing, you find out who your friends aren't. And and so I've been so blessed uh, with an incredible wife for 21 years. We've got two you know, healthy, happy kids, thank God, uh, and a lot of good friends, a lot of good friends, uh, not only in the, the little town I live in outside of Cincinnati, but also you know, all over the country, people that, that I really did not even have uh, uh, regular you know, relationships with, and, and, I, and I'm not name dropping here, but like the guy that has probably surprised me more than anybody through this whole thing has been Bob Costas. Wow. Um, I, I, I met Bob Costas, Grant, when I was a little kid. My dad was announcing in the ABA for the Virginia Squires, and Bob was announcing, he was like 24 years old, maybe younger than that, announcing for the St. Louis Spirit. Um, of the ABA. And then as the years went by and his career goes on, I'd run into him here, run into him there, but never, ever, ever any social sort of interaction between the two of us outside of seeing each other at a sporting event of some kind. Um, and when this happened, uh, not only, you know, was he calling and texting and I mean, he was actively trying to get me another job with people inside the industry that he's known for a long, long time. And, and, you know, you, you, you you know, you, you kind of say to yourself, wow, you know, thank God there, there, there are people out there like that that feel like the, the punishment didn't fit the crime. I had your dad on my radio show in Sacramento about a month, maybe six, seven, eight weeks before I was fired. It was during the pandemic. And it, just, it was the first time I'd ever interviewed your dad. And we had a phenomenal conversation. And anybody that is from Ohio, knows that your dad, Marty Brenneman, is a household name and is a, a legendary figure there. And you talked about your wife and your kids. And a lot of times we hear about, you know, whether you want to call it cancer culture, whatever the case you want to call what happened right. to, to you or me or whatever. But the domino effect, the difficulty of your family, who are also public figures, even though your wife and kids don't really want to be, but by nature of being married to you, they are, but your dad, can you talk about that dynamic and, and the, you know, the Brenneman name in Ohio in the Cincinnati area, again, your, your household names. Well, you know, you start with your family and both of my kids, when this happened, were still in high school. I now have one in college and, and our son is still a junior in high school and they're, and they're both, you know, competitive athletes and, and, and great kids and, and, and go to a great public school here right down the street from our house. And, 
you know, our son is a really good lacrosse player. He's an, it, that's kind of like the sport uh, in our high school. And, and he's a goalie for the high school team and won a state championship last year as a sophomore. And, you know, he, he, he would get in games. And, and, and some of the things that would be said to him, you're just like, wow. Now, I'm, I'm not surprised because there's a lot of smack talking that goes on at every level, high school, college, pro, whatever it might be. But, you know, I mean, most of these kids, if their parents knew they were saying it, because I've come to find that the, I don't know what the percentage is, Grant, but I mean, the, 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 if you were to take some kind of percentage, it, it would be without question in the 90s. Uh, in fact, just this morning when, when I was working out, uh, uh, you know, a lady came walking over to me and just said, hey, you know, we really miss you and we support you and we feel like, you know, th- this has just gone way too far. And, you know, I mean, I've gotten incredible support from um, not just my family, but 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 Reds fans and, and just, you know, fans in general here in, in, in Cincinnati. Now you can say, okay, that's your hometown. You know, they don't feel that way in other places. I, I, I found that to be opposite the case in the few places I go where you're recognized, your mm-hmm. name's recognized. People have been very, very supportive. For my dad, I really feel bad for him because anybody who's a father out there, and, and I just try to put myself, I, I do the best I can sometimes, Grant, of putting myself in other people's shoes before I start making decisions on this or that or whatever it might be. You know, for him, this has been, it starts first and foremost with you're seeing one of your kids in, in really a tough spot. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not dying. I'm not sick. My kids aren't sick. My wife's not sick. but professionally i'm very sick and you know for him you know for the last 35 years since i got a chance to start broadcasting baseball as a very young man um and then the you know and then fox came along and you know it's pretty much been you know the absolute most incredible blessing dream ride you could ever ask for And, and, and literally with one word right off the air uh all of it i mean all of it you go from making great money uh, a great life, um, and, and I'm still living a great life. But all of a sudden, for the first time since I was 13 years old, busting tables in a restaurant down the street, uh, my income went to zero. And, 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 and you don't have a job, and, and, and then even more importantly, you don't have anybody that even wants to consider giving you a job. I feel and like- that still holds true today. I mean, I, you know. I mean, I, I'm part owner of a small little company that, 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 that does high school football, uh, and we franchise out this way we do the games, and I do a high school football game every Friday night, and we're in the Ohio State playoffs right now, and it's been awesome. But, I mean, if I wasn't part owner in the company, <laughs> I'm not working. Mm. You know, so it, it, it's um, – but, again, I, I've always said – I've said to my wife since day one, I said, you know what, at the end of the day, this is going to be the best thing that ever happened to us because somebody's going to come along, give us a chance, you're going to be far more appreciative. I took a lot of this stuff for granted, uh, Grant. I mean, you know, I, I really did for a long, long time. And, 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 you know, I know God's got a plan, and, and I'm going to be in a better place. I'm already in a better place as a man, as a dad, as a husband, all those things. And I'll be a better announcer for somebody if I get a chance. I feel like I'm interviewing myself, Tom. I really do. Uh, everything you just said resonates with me. I live in South Florida now, and the nice thing about being down here is nobody knows who I am, and when I meet somebody, we start on the ground floor, there's no preconceived notions, it's not like, oh, well, that's the guy that does the Kings, or I've listened to him on radio, and you know, it's very 
just just pure. And I've met some amazing people down here. And then we get to my situation and people are just flabbergasted. They can't believe that I lost my job over saying all lives matter, every single one. But the support that I receive is so similar to what you receive. Even today, even this morning, I woke up and I had a private message on Instagram from someone saying, we miss you so much. What happened to you was so bad. That's a daily occurrence for me. But then I wonder if there is that employer out there, the owner of a company, a broadcasting network, a team that will say, you know what? I don't care that there might be 2% or 4% of people that still can't believe that he said all lives matter, every single one. He's, he's, he's good. He's, he's had a, 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 an excellent past. There's no issues. There's no red flags. I'm going to give him another opportunity. And I wonder if that's ever going to happen. Don't you wonder the same thing? Oh, sure I do. Uh, you know, I, I, uh, I, uh, I said to uh, one of my bosses, I knew they were going to let me go, uh, but, 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 it, but it hadn't officially happened yet. And I said to him, I said, you know, I said, Here, here's the deal. I said, if you were to bring me back, and let's just assume you were to bring me back to do some event this winter, let's say a basketball game. Mm-hmm. And uh, say uh, University of Cincinnati or Xavier. I, I live right down the street from both of them. Say, say that I were to do uh, Xavier against Marquette on a Wednesday night in January at 9 o'clock Eastern time. I said, you might get, might get three or four phone calls from writers wanting to know what led to your decision to bring this guy back. Um, and why do you feel like he deserves another chance? Well, since I said what I said, I have become very, very involved in, uh, uh, some, some situations here in, in greater Cincinnati and Northern Kentucky that has to do with gay children that have been thrown out of their homes because they're gay. I mean, if you can imagine such a thing. Mm. Uh, that has to do with uh, an organization, national organization, PFLAG, which is designed to uh, have a place where people can go if they find out their kids are gay or their brother's gay or their mother or dad is gay, whatever it might be. And I said to him, I said, look, I said, I- I'm a far from perfect human being. We know that already on multiple levels for a long, long time. I said, but anybody that steps into your workspace in the entire office building over the last 15 months. I said, I would almost be willing to bet, even if it's a person who is gay, man or woman, Mm -hmm. that they have not spent as much time as I have tried to spend in the last 15 months of my life trying to learn more about that community and hear about the hurt and the pain that I caused and what that word means to so many people and some of the tragic and terrible things that have happened to people because of that word. I said, I'd stack it up against anybody you got in there. I said, so if you need a reason to answer the question for the three or four people that might call, it might be one, it might be none. Hell, I'm not that important. But if all of a sudden those phone calls were finished and out of the way, I could turn around and do a Saturday afternoon college basketball game for you. Again, Xavier against Georgetown. And nobody would care. Mm-hmm. Nobody would care. But 
as I've come to find out in my conversations, I've become very close with a guy named Ryan Messer. He's here in Cincinnati. He's a huge executive with Johnson & Johnson, gay man. Him and his husband have adopted four children. Beautiful guy. Just an awesome guy. And I've gotten to know him really, really well. He's put me in some tough situations to learn more about pe- from people who are very angry with me. He's not. He wrote a letter to the editor, and I'd never met the guy in my life. He wrote an ed- a letter to the editor in the Cincinnati paper and the Inquirer two days after I said what I said that said Tom Brenneman should not be fired. Don't miss a chance to make something good out of this bad because there's nothing more important than a changed man or a changed woman. And maybe he has a chance to change. And that would be better for everybody, including the gay community. But when I said to him that I've seen the most grace and the most forgiveness from the gay community more than a bunch of people who are these executives that think they know what's best for the gay community or they think they know what's best for the black community or they think they know what's best for the Hispanic community. And he said, why would you be surprised by that? He said, who has felt more sort of on the outside looking in than, than gay people have for a long, long time for multiple reasons. And I said, you know what? You're right. Mm. Short-sighted on me. Who would be better to educate others that need to be educated over the gay community than you and everything that you've gone through? That That's another aspect. You know, not only would you be hired to be an announcer, but you are a public figure. You'd be in the forefront. You're you're somebody that could I I think could really make a difference, like you you have been doing. But you could really make a difference in other people's lives. That's another aspect of this that drives me crazy. You said you're not a perfect person. I'm 62. I've never met a perfect person. But there are a lot of people out there that seem like they're perfect. They pretend to be perfect on social media and in the media. Everyone comes across as being perfect as if they're just never done anything wrong. That's the other yep. aspect of this that drives me freaking crazy. Well, there, there's no question about it. I, I, you know, you find out that, that, that there are people out there that apparently have never made a mistake of any kind. And, and like you, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to say like you, Grant, because I, you know, I, I just think your situation is so different than mine. I mean, you were going to bat for every single person, white, black, brown, gay, straight, trans. I mean, you said every life matters. All lives matter. Mm-hmm. Cops, policemen, janitors, lawyers, doctors, anybody you want to pick. Rich, poor, in between. I mean, when, when guys are getting fired for that and there are a group of people out there that have enough influence in this world to believe that when you say every life in this world matters and, and all of a sudden you lose a job for that. It's unbelievable. It's, it's, it's really mind boggling. I, I just, I, I get so upset about it and, 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 you know, and not because, uh, you know, I'm trying to check some, I mean, the easiest thing in the world for you or for me to do is to go crawl under a rock somewhere Try to scratch out a living doing this podcast, doing my podcast, doing, you know, whatever little things you can do to just, you know, continue on. Mm-hmm. And you're grateful for all of those things. But at the same time, I mean, I, you know, when do you finally say, you know, enough is enough? And, and I keep getting told by people all the time, oh, you know what? It's starting to turn. 
this wokeness and this cancel culture and everything, it's starting to turn. It's, it's anybody who believes that it, 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 they're living under a rock. <laughs> it's not changing. Right. I wish it was. And I think most of the people in this world, most of them, most of the, most of the, uh, the, those in the LGBTQ community that I've gotten to know over the last year that have made my life a better, made it better from getting to know them. And I would have never gotten to know them were it not for what I said. They're even tired of it. And I, I just hope for everybody's sake that, that, that some of this stuff can finally just say, one person out there can finally just say, enough, please. You know, and I guess to some extent, you start looking around the country, your old area out there in Northern California, you know, the guys that in and out burglary. They're just saying, I'm, I'm not doing this nonsense. Mm-hmm. You know, guys at Walgreens, they're, they're, they're like, you know, my, my store is getting robbed every single day. I'm shutting it down. And, and I mean, it's just like, it, it, I don't know. I, I get too worked up and, and, and start not making much sense. Forgive me. No, you're making a lot of sense. And I always use common sense. We've lost common sense in this country. And I'll tell you something else, and I'm sure this has happened to you. I can't tell you how many conversations I've had with our fellow colleagues, some that are extremely well-known on the national level, others that are on the local level as voices of teams, and they've called me up, and we will talk for 20, 30, 40 minutes sometimes, and they've told me, and these are broadcasters like you and me that have been on the air for decades, and they say that they're nervous to go on the air now and say something that's going to be misconstrued or misinterpreted. I had Tim Brando on my podcast, I think, three weeks ago, and we actually talked about this on the air. And he went into, yeah, you have to be so careful now, particularly you know, when you're not even on the air, but you're in social media. You know, it, it, people don't understand what you and I do for a living. And I'm not talking about your situation with the hot mic. I'm talking about when we're actually on the air. What we do is spontaneous. We don't have things written down. We speak spontaneously. It, 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 we don't, you know, it's not rehearsed. And I don't know about you, but I can't, I, I'm blown away at how many people have called me up and told me they're nervous to go on the air and say the wrong thing now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it, Grant, that's going on on so many levels. It, you know, I use baseball as perhaps the best example because I've just happened to do that one longer than some of the other ones. And I'm pretty familiar with how, you know, baseball teams and organizations work. I work for three of them, the, 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 the Cubs, the Diamondbacks from the very beginning and then back to the Reds where I grew up. And, 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 and you know, you start with the obvious things. Whether they be, you know, you, you want to stay away from, you know, religion and politics and some of these things that are going on. And there's one word you're going to use all of a sudden going to be turned into something that you didn't mean it to be. And, you know, you start there and then you start drifting down into, um, you know, it, are, are you saying, you know, great things about your hometown team all the time, even though in a baseball season your team's lost 110 games? I mean, what are you supposed to say? Mm-hmm. You don't have to go out and say they stink, but I mean, good Lord, guy makes a stiff error in the last 10 days and it costs you, you know, 12 runs uh, over those five games. So, you know, what are you going to say about the guy? And, and so, you know, you start, you start mounting up a lot of these things over and over and over on top of one another. And, and I certainly understand why a lot of, uh, a lot of broadcasters, whether it is sport or, or on live talk radio or whatever it be, it may be, uh, get very, very, uh, worried. But, but make no mistake now, okay, you know, the quote-unquote cancel culture world, if you want to call it that, okay, by and large, in this day and age, 
it only applies to a certain group of people. Correct. And there are a lot of people it doesn't apply to at all. Correct. So, you know, when we say we want cancer cancel culture to go away, uh, or some people say, hey, it's a good thing, you know, we're just monitoring your uh, privilege. I've read that before. Sure, there, was of a course. Woman, there was an article done, done about me. You know David Halberstam. Sure. Obviously, it's how you and I got in contact with one another. Been around for a long time, knows the broadcast world in and out, was an outstanding announcer, great writer, mm-hmm. all those kinds of things. And, and, you know, he wrote a story, and he got a quote from a, a, a professor at the University of Virginia. I don't know the woman's name. And her comment basically was, this guy, meaning me, you know, should never be forgiven. He wow. should never get another chance. And when I was asked about that quote, the only thing I could think of is, is man, I am really glad I don't live in the same house that she does. Mm-hmm. Because if I were her kid or oh, her husband or whatever it may be, boyfriend, I don't know. I Obviously... That woman's never made a mistake, and if anybody around her has made a mistake, well, boy, her judgment comes down hard. As you look ahead to the future, if you were to never announce another, for lack of a better term, big-time event, whether it's, uh, we'll keep it Major League Baseball, NFL, whatever, what, what would that be like for you? Would that be a huge void in your life? I don't know about a huge void. I, I think it would be a void. I, it, there's no question it would be a void. Um, because I, you know, look, as I've said already, I mean, I, all that really matters at the end of the day is, you know, God is going to judge me good, bad, or indifferent. Mm-hmm. And, and then my wife and our kids and pray for their health and, 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 and everybody else for that matter. I want nothing but good things for everybody out there who does good things and is trying hard to make a living, to better this world, to better their children's lives, and all those kinds of things. So there's so much to be grateful for. So much to be grateful for. I'm grateful I'm doing this podcast. I'm grateful I'm doing the high school stuff. But I also feel like I have something to offer a potential employer. I think I'm still decent at my job. And I think I'm better than a lot of other guys that have those jobs. Now, I don't walk around and, 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 and think, well, you know, say, I sit there and watch a game. Oh, God, I could have done that. I never do that kind of stuff. But I, I just feel like that on many, many levels, not just from a professional level, but as we talked about a little while ago, I think on a personal level, I, I, I think that, that I could help some of these young people, whether they be uh, baseball players, whether they be, you know, football players, whether it's an organization of some kind. So, Grant, I, you know, I, at the end of the day, you know, it, would it be a void? There's no question there would be a void uh, because it, it, it's, it's, you know, it's something I've done for a long, long time that I really like doing. Um, and, you know, if there are people out there that feel like I, I deserve another chance, that's great. If there are people out there that feel like I don't, you know, they're entitled to an opinion too. There's nothing, there's nothing I can do about it at the end of the day except for what I've tried to do uh, since what happened in August of 2020. And I've tried very hard to, to quote unquote, if there is such a thing, right my wrong. 
Tom, in January, I had Doug Adler on my podcast. He was fired by ESPN five years ago when he was on the air at the Australian Open. And he used the term guerrilla tactics in a match that Venus Williams was playing. And a couple of days later, a freelancer from the New York Times uh, put out on social media and, and et cetera that he was racist and blah, blah, blah. Long story short, uh, he was fired. And guerrilla tennis was a very popular term. As a matter of fact, Nike did a commercial of Andre Agassi and Pete Sampras. They put a tennis court on Fifth Avenue in New York City. And the name of the commercial was guerrilla tennis. I mean, it was so absurd what happened to him. And I asked... Doug, the question, I said, are you bitter? Do you, are you still bitter over what happened? He subsequently has won a lawsuit, um, but he's not really doing tennis anymore. And he said, yeah, there are days that I'm, I'm bitter. And this has been five years. And I, I kind of got scared with his answer. Cause I got to be honest with you. There are days that I'm bitter. They're not as frequent as they were, and again, I'm not trying to put myself on a pedestal, but I don't believe I did anything wrong at all by saying all lives matter, every single mm-hmm. one. Are, is there bitterness in your body from the experience that you've gone through? Um, I, I don't know if bitterness is the right word. I, I, I think that there are a lot of days I just feel really uh, disappointed. Um, you know, I'll, I'll make an effort to, to, to try and... Uh, and, and explore uh, a job opportunity. Um, there were a couple of them that got, you know, maybe one or two step, two or three steps down the road instead of just the initial one step contact kind of thing. I thought a couple of them actually had a chance and, and that it didn't work out. And, um, and I think it's more disappointment. Just disappointed that, that, uh, that I've put myself in this situation. I'm disappointed. I put my family in this situation. I'm disappointed. I put my career in this situation, uh, my dad in this situation, uh, my life in this situation in a lot of ways, even though an announcer is not how I feel like I define who Tom Brenneman is. But yeah, I mean, I mean, anybody who would say otherwise is, is, is just not telling the truth. You have to be disappointed. You know, and I don't think you did anything wrong at all. I did do something wrong. So I have someone to be disappointed in. So I'm disappointed that I was the one who said a derogatory term that hurt a lot of people. And I made the apology for it a thousand times. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I still would tell someone if, 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 and I've had people walk up to me, um, gay men or gay women or straight man, straight woman walked up to me in a grocery store and said, you know, when you said what you said, and these are the people that I have so much admiration for, I really do. Even if they said something terrible about me, at least they would have the guts to look me in the eye and say it to my face. But I've had so many people come up to me and say, hey, you know, when you said what you said, I, I was never in a million years ready to give you another chance because my son or my daughter is mm-hmm. gay. Um, and they said, but you know, um, I, I, I've kind of kept an eye out on some of the things that you've done and some of the interviews you've done, I, I've made myself sort of watch them or listen to them. And they're like, you know, um, you know, I, I talked to my son or I talked to my daughter and they were like, you know what? It's okay. It's okay. I can forgive and I can have grace and we can move on from this. Is the guy going to be my favorite announcer? No. He's going to be my favorite guy? No. But, you know, um, so I'm disappointed, you know, on, 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 on multiple levels. Um, not every day because most days are really, really good. 
but 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 some days, you know, are pretty tough. When um, when, when Joe Buck used to go do the World Series every year for Fox, I would have a chance to go over and um, and work for anywhere from one week to three weeks with Troy Aikman and that entire crew. Sure. Um, and I, I, you know, got to know the guys on that crew, the producer, uh, Richie Zions, the director, Rich Russo, and, and then Troy and, you know, a bunch of other guys on a crew. And, and they were in town a couple of weeks ago in Cincinnati to do a Thursday night football game. And so they asked me to come out to dinner with them. And, um, you know, getting back in that, that sort of just routine, if, even if it was only for a night for me, uh, you, you miss the people. Yeah, you miss the big event. You miss, you know, standing there in the booth and, you know, okay, we're going on the air in 30 seconds and you're nervous and you're excited at the game and all those kinds of things. But you, you really miss the people. And, and, and Grant now for a year and a half, and I'm sure like you. Sure. You know, there are so many people. They, they, they could be the security guy. I mean, like, I've yep. stayed in contact with the guy who's the security guy outside of Veteran Stadium. You know, for, for ever since the first time I met the guy. He's just a great dude. And, and, and I don't know if I'll ever see that guy again. It resonates with me. Uh, I miss that greatly uh, about the business, too. I can't thank you enough for coming on and being so open and honest and us having this dialogue. And uh, I, I wish you nothing but the best. I, I Trust me, I know what you're going through. You know what I'm going through. But, you know, what? if we can help out other people, if we can help educate other people, if we can make a difference in other people's lives, then maybe it's worth it at the end of the day. Maybe it's worth it. I'm with you. I have a lot more good days than I have bad days. Yes, I would love to be back behind the mic. Yes, I would love to someday resume my career. Uh, but if it doesn't happen, then you know what? If I can make other people's lives better in the interim, then so be it. But I, I can't thank you enough. I've really enjoyed this conversation. Well, Grant, me too. And I wish you all the best. God bless you, my friend. I know it's gonna. I know the uh, tide is going to turn for you. I know it is for all of us. I know it's going to happen. So just uh, keep, keep grinding and keep fighting the good fight, my friend. Boy, how awesome was that conversation with Tom Brenneman. I really appreciate him coming on. One of the reasons why I've really enjoyed doing this podcast is for conversations like that. And again, I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Time now for our Crowd Ultra Q&A. We have time for just a couple of questions today. Go to CrowdUltra.com. Nick asked, how do you expect the Robert Sarver situation to go? Nick, I don't expect it to go very well. Very serious uh, accusations. What's interesting to me about this There are a lot of people that have come out against Robert Sarver, and there are many that have come out, including his ownership group, in support of Sarver. But I don't think this is going to go well. I really don't. Chase asks, when all is said and done, is Doc Rivers a Hall of Famer? I don't think he is. Won the championship in Boston with a team that he should have won with. I thought he was very disappointing in L.A. with the Clippers. Last year, disappointing playoffs with the 76ers. No. No, I don't think he is uh, a Hall of Famer. But he's also still working. He still has years to prove me wrong. But right now, no, I don't think so. Trevor asked, does it bother you when Congress gets involved in sports like they did with steroids and now with the Washington football team? It does bother me. I don't like it. I really don't. But I guess that's here to stay, and those are the times that we're living in. But no, why can't leagues manage themselves? Why, do the, why does it have to go through Congress? Dave asked, best Odell Beckham landing spot. Dave, as you listen to this, he may already be on a team. 
I wouldn't want him anywhere near my team. I've said this for years. I think he's the most overrated receiver in the National Football League. Cleveland sure didn't miss him on Sunday against Cincinnati, did they? Cincinnati just couldn't stop Baker Mayfield and the Browns. Did Baker Mayfield miss Odell Beckham after his injury last year? No. Baker and the Browns played their best offense since maybe Bernie freaking Kosar. I I don't understand why anybody wants Odell Beckham. But to answer your question, Dave, I don't know. But we may already know by the time you are listening to this. Thank you for your question. Tyler asks, why do you think the Bills had such an off day against the Jaguars? There are a lot of teams that had off days on Sunday. Look at what Denver did to Dallas. Look at how the Rams played at home against Tennessee without Derrick Henry. Look at the game I just talked about with the Browns going into Cincinnati and embarrassing the Bengals. I just think they took them lightly. That's a bad loss for the Bills. That may end up may end up costing them home field advantage. Ben asks, are you surprised how well the 76ers are playing? I'm surprised a little bit. They're still a good team, but they're going to be judged, as you well know, on what they do in the spring, not what they do in November. Really appreciate the questions today on Crowd Ultra. Go to crowdultra.com and maybe I'll answer your question right here. It's time for Brent, Brent, Brent. Today's rant is brought to you by Roy's Umbrella. Need a home loan? Looking to do a refi? Get in touch with Roy and his staff. I had a conversation with Roy just a couple of weeks ago. He sees some real big changes on the horizon in the housing market. Don't get caught like you did in 07 and 08. Get in touch with Roy and his staff. Again, I have dealt with them for years. They are awesome. You will love what they can do for you. Roy is the best. Go to roysumbrella.com. That's roysumbrella.com. So let me get this straight. Odell Beckham, who was sent out of New York on a trade, the Giants couldn't wait to get rid of him. The Browns couldn't wait to get rid of him, put him on waivers. And members of the Minnesota Vikings team on Sunday in warm-ups were wearing free Odell T-shirts. How about that? Including wide receiver Justin Jefferson, cornerback Cameron Dantzler, of course, you know, LSU buddies and I mean, how embarrassing is that? Free Odell? Like Odell was in prison or something in Cleveland? I mean, what do, what do people thinking that happened to Odell Beckham in Cleveland? Like it's the Browns' fault? How about looking in the freaking mirror? Same thing happened in New York with the Giants. Same thing happened in Cleveland. They couldn't wait to get rid of him. And you want to say free Odell? Seriously? Free Odell from what? From himself? This pattern of behavior about me, 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 me. That's what you want? Free Odell? And members of the Vikings? Yeah, no wonder why they lost. You know why? They're more concerned about other things. Worry about your own team that's now out of the playoff race instead of wearing free Odell t-shirts. What a freaking embarrassment that is. Awful. And that's my rant for today. And that's my podcast for today. Again, my thanks to Tom Brenneman. That was a great conversation. I really enjoyed that. Hey, have a great rest of the week. My next episode comes your way on Friday. If you don't like that, with Grant Napier. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family 
cannolis and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.